Hello everyone, I'm Mike Sadam and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. Tonight is the mid-season finale of one of my favorite shows, The Walking Dead. Now I've watched the show since season one, but as I do more and more of this stuff in the era of human behavior, decision making, communication, I start seeing it everywhere, even in the zombie apocalypse. So I don't see any reason why we can't try to grow in ways that can help us in everyday life and in our workplaces even while we're being entertained. So this is a bonus takeaway from this episode. There are micro-learning opportunities in everything we do, even in a show about something that could never happen. So today, we get to visit with Rick Grimes, played by Andrew Lincoln, and a few other characters from Season 9 of The Walking Dead. From the scenes we listen to, we're going to get three key takeaways. One is the battle that goes on inside of us all the time. What we want as an individual and what we want as part of a group. Those things are constantly battling each other. By thinking about the bigger group or being thoughtful about how the groups we identify with are affecting our decisions, we get to impact our decision-making in a way that can grow trust, social belonging, and team cohesion. Two, we get to hear about the power of a small group and how tight in-group emotions can be both a blessing and a curse. Strong social bonds can cause us to make decisions that may actually be detrimental to strategic goals. Three, bringing in-groups and out-groups together can cause issues, but we know we have to do that. What we need to understand is we don't want to throw them together too quickly. We do want people to work together, but they aren't going to collaborate just because we say they should. There is discomfort in any change when we bring separate groups together, but we want to make sure there isn't so much discomfort that they see each other as enemies. So before we jump into this episode, I'd like to ask you for a quick favor. Could you please subscribe to the podcast and rate it so that we can continue to grow a community of people that want to understand what drives them and others? Also, I'd love it if you visited me at www.crucialtalks.com and connected with me via email, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. So without further ado, let's get into this thing. First, we want to talk about us. We are all individuals, but as social storytellers, we are also group members. These groups we identify with, belong to, and that are important to us drive how we see the world and what we decide to do. Now, there's a lot of tension that can build up, even at the micro-individual level. Our cognitive belonging to groups drives our decisions. So in this first clip, let's think about the decisions we make as individuals and how our group memberships can impact those decisions and how we can use it as a powerful tool to change behavior. I knew it would be hard, but with all this, should the saviors be a part of this? It's not your choice or mine. They just have to want it like the rest of us. But today, I saw it starting again, and I just wanted to pull that trigger. End it before it begins. Because if we don't find a route, we're going to have to fight whether we want it or not. No, I won't let it come to that. I can't. Every day since I put Negan in that cell, I have this moment 
Usually right when I wake up, this feeling that I should go down there and kill him. To keep going and finish them all. And in that moment, it's all I want. But then I remember everyone we've lost, not just to the saviors, but the whole way. And I know I need to honor them, to build life, not, not take it. Because it's us or the dead, and every life counts now. Okay, so in that clip, we hear Rick talking to Carol. Carol says some interesting things at the beginning, like they have to want it like we do. In that statement, we see that the view of us versus them is present, and it's impacting how they look at the other group. Now, we do this all the time. In healthy organizations, even when there is conflict, they don't take the view of us versus them within the organization because there's trust there. However, in a lot of our organizations, there is an us versus them attitude within the organization. And this changes how people feel, how people interact, and the decisions they make. So when Rick responds, we get a valuable lesson in individual decision making and how, by changing our lens, we can be more strategic in our thinking. Rick says that he wakes up and thinks about just going down and killing Negan. He's feeling this way at an individual level and because of the strong group relationships he had in the past. But when we get some insight into how he changes his lens, we can see he starts looking toward the future instead of into the past. And by doing that, he realizes a vision for the future that makes him think every life is important. And this helps him get out of a micro view and into a macro view. It helps him to quit dwelling on the past and look to the future. Now we see the same things in organizations today. People making decisions based on past feelings or run-ins they've had with someone else and not making decisions based on future casting or a positive vision of the organization into the future. We can see that individuals that have a strong identity with a group could make decisions that are detrimental to the strategic future. Now, in the second clip, we get to dive a little deeper into how powerful group identities can impact our perception of a situation, and this affects how we behave. Look, when Negan was around, he needed people to provide for him. It's still the same. Nothing's changed. No, it's different now. We give what we give willingly. How long is that going to last? Most of the bridges are out after the big storm. The highway's done. We've scavenged every drop of gas for miles. We can't make enough corn fuel to run the cars or the trucks. Pretty soon it's going to be more than a day's ride from one spot to another. It's on us to figure out how to make it work. Man, there ain't no us anymore. Everyone's everywhere. That small group we had back in the beginning, we could do anything. That was right. That's what I know. In this conversation between Rick and Daryl, we see the power of a strong in-group identity. Even though the group is separated, Daryl's perceptions and decisions are based on that in-group identity. We see this in organizations today. 
Have you ever had a new employee say, well, on my old team, this is the way we did it. Or in my last job, we looked at it another way. When people hold on to strong in-group identities, they behave based on that identity. Now, it happens to all of us because we're social storytellers. We're social animals. We belong to groups and we make decisions based on the groups we belong to and the groups we self-categorize ourselves into. And sometimes we need to recognize that in order to improve or transform ourselves, we need to release the hold we have on those groups and the hold the groups have on us. For example, when a person moves from a line-level position to a supervisory position, they need to take on a new role as a supervisor. They have to do this so they can make decisions a supervisor would make instead of making decisions from the position of a field personnel. When people can't see past a strong group identity, their decision-making becomes centered on what is best for that one group because their perception is narrowed by that identity. So we can see how this could cause friction between two groups. And in this next clip, we get to examine how bringing two groups together can cause conflict. Just a few more days. I don't like it either, but we're in a rush to get that work done. He's strong. The saviors are over half the workforce, and we've had too many walk off already. Yeah, because that's who they are. Some of them ain't ever going to fall in line just because you say so. Daryl's right. These people have never had to live together. We can't expect them to just forget what's happened. No, it hasn't been easy, I know. It won't be. Not for a while, but it's not about forgetting. It's about moving ahead, all of us, together. We keep doing that, they'll see we're all on the same side. So in that clip, we get to hear Daryl and Rick talking about bringing these groups together. And Daryl says that some of them aren't ever going to fall in line just because Rick says so. That's exactly what we're talking about. This is a true statement. A leader can force people together. A leader can force people to work together. But that doesn't mean they're going to be invested in that new group or that they will put old feelings aside. And this can hurt decision making. It can hurt collaboration. It can hurt communication. Now, they might do it while being watched, but their hearts won't be in it. So what happens when they're not being watched? That's the problem, because we have to have groups that are working together collaboratively toward a common goal. Friction can be caused by throwing two groups together that had previously been far apart. And we need to grow trust in these situations, and that takes time. Now, Rick says a couple of important things in this clip. First, he recognizes that it won't be easy. Creating a collaborative environment between two separate groups never is easy. That's why we need to bring in superordinate goals. These goals that supersede the wants of any one group. And the goals have to benefit both groups. Now Rick also says that it's not about forgetting, it's about moving ahead. This is why it's so important to have a positive, strength-based focus in the communication that is going on within the groups. The conversations we have need to focus on generating affirmative feelings rather than devaluing any one group. Communication is the tool we can use to bridge the gap between these groups. So now that we've talked about these three clips, 
And we've talked about the three key takeaways of this episode. The first one being the battle inside of us between us as an individual and the groups we belong to and the needs of a broader group. And two, how the power of a small group and how tight in-group emotions can be both a blessing and a curse because of the strong social bonds that exist. And three, when we bring in-groups and out-groups together, this is going to cause issues. And when we do that, we need to be careful not to throw them together too quickly. We want people to work together, but they aren't going to collaborate naturally or just because we say they should. Now in this final clip, we get to hear why all of this works. And it all works because we are social beings. We're social storytellers. They can construct reality with each other. They create feelings with each other. And that's why it all works. It was a hard day. Hardest we've had in a while. A man lost his arm. Projects behind schedule. People were at each other's throats. Thing is, though, bad as it was, when the day was done, they came together. Not all of them, but enough. They chose to be together. You see what I'm getting at? No matter what happens, it's human nature to come together. That's just what we do. All right. So that's a pretty good clip to end on because Rick said some good things there. He says that people chose to be together and that no matter what happens, it's human nature to come together. Because reality is, as a species, that is who we are. But he had said another key point there. He said that not all of them came together, but enough. And that's what I want us all to remember, is that everything is a bell curve. Now, if we're trying to improve communication, if we're trying to improve team esprit, if we're trying to improve the workplace experience of everybody in our organizations, we're not trying to grab everyone. But if we can get most, that bell curve shifts to the right just a little bit. And even the people on the tail end will move further in the direction that we want them to go. Now, the perception people have to have is that their group is accepting these types of change. That these changes, these decisions don't hinder their group. And if we can remember that people are social animals that crave belonging and that their behaviors are influenced by the groups they belong to, we have a better chance of establishing a strategy that can influence them and have an impact on them. And our bonus key takeaway here is that we can always learn. You can be enjoying your favorite TV show, reading a book, listening to music, or watching a football game and still learn. That's exactly what we just did by looking at some lessons from The Walking Dead. Take those opportunities to build lessons for yourself. You won't only learn from it, but it's a fun activity to think about what is making a TV or book character do what they do, or why a football team is so cohesive. 
It doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the experience. It can even add to it. So thanks again for listening to the Crucial Talks podcast. And please visit me at www.crucialtalks.com and connect with me via email or on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.